Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, it's Kayla. Candace isn't able to join us today, but we are all still so directionally challenged. We thought we'd have our lives figured out by the time we were in our 30s. Ugh, but surprise, we don't. And that's okay. It really is okay. I have some questions for you. What else are you doing while listening to this? Are you driving, doing chores, eating? Are you listening to this eating while driving and doing chores? Well, let me add something else to your already hectic day, because that's what our world is like these days. Do you know that we spend an average of 47 seconds on any screen before shifting our attention? Or that it takes 25 minutes to bring our attention back to that same task after an interruption? Well, do you want to learn how to understand and take back control of your attention? I know I do. And that's what we're doing today. Psychologist and University of California's Chancellor Professor of Informatics, Dr. Gloria Mark 
has spent the last three decades studying how technology affects our attention. I'm going to sit down with her and have a discussion about all of this and more. She has published over 150 papers in the top journals and conferences in the field of human-computer interactions and computer-supported cooperative work. And she is the author of a book, Multitasking in the Digital Age. Her work has been recognized outside of academia. She has been invited to present her work at South by Southwest and Aspen Ideas Festival. And her work on multitasking has appeared in outlets like, you know, the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, NPR, The Atlantic, BBC, among many others. I am honored to have her here with us today. She has a new book coming out, Attention Span, Finding Focus and Fighting Distraction. And that is what we are talking about today. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Dr. Gloria Mark. And I am here with Dr. Gloria Mark. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, it's my pleasure. You know, getting and staying focused can be a challenge in the best of times. But in today's digital age, with everything going on in the world, concentrating can feel downright impossible most times. And this is where you come in. I mean, you've done so much research in studying people's multitasking, moods, behaviors while using digital media in real world environments. So I'm really excited to have you here. I want to just dive right into these statistics that you have that are so alarming. We spend an average of just 47 seconds on any screen before shifting our attention. And it takes 25 minutes to bring our attention back to a task after interruption. I mean, what? When I read this, could you break this down for us? Because I need this explained. Why are we only able to concentrate for an average of just 47 seconds? And why the heck does it take us so long to bring our attention back? Right. So first of all, the the 47 seconds talks about the amount, the length of time on any screen, whether, you know, computer phone a screen and and but you could be switching screens and still working on the same project right i i'm an academic i write papers so i have to use a word doc i look up information on the web sometimes need to speak with people that's all the same project now when i switch projects when i switch from let's say working on one academic paper to doing committee work. Okay, we spend about 10 and a half minutes on any project, right? Even though we're switching, we might be switching like crazy different screens, but we might still be in the same project. 10 and a half minutes is not very long to be on a project. Okay, so then we switch to another project, average about 10 and a half minutes, another one, average about 10 and a half minutes, start to work on something else, and then we go back to this original project. That's where the, the 25 and a half minutes comes in. So there, there are two different ways of looking at our online behavior. In, in either case, our attention spans are short, right? Whether it's a single screen or whether the, we're thinking of the amount of time we spend in any project. I mean, that's horrifying. It's really hard to hear. And yet it's really important for us to hear this. And, you know, you talk about working and using screens. I think so many of us think about that. But if you add another element of schooling and people using screens, I mean, do you think 
and this is just your personal opinion, I'd love to know, is there a long-term effect you think in learning in general, now that we are constantly switching from one screen to the next and multitasking, is that affecting our brain and how we intake information? Well, you know, there is some research that was done looking at long-term effects. And this particular study had looked at long-term effects of watching like fast-paced videos, which is very common among young people. And they did find that people had attentional problems later on in life. And, you know, when, when people are young, there's a part of the brain that's called your executive function. And this is really important. You can think of it as the, the governor of your mind. And it does, it has really important functions. So it handles decision making, it helps you regulate, helps you set priorities. And when you're switching your attention so fast, it wears down this executive function. And when people are young, you know, before they reach adulthood, their executive function is not mature, right? And so, and it's really important that they be able to allow their executive function to mature properly. So yes, it it has an effect. It has an effect on our ability to self-regulate. Um, I, I will mention this, that in the short term, there was a very nice study done over a six-hour period. And it showed that when people had to exert a lot of mental effort in, you know, switching tasks, doing multitasking, they made more impulsive choices at the end of the day. And the reason is because you just don't have the resources that you need to self-regulate. You're, you're worn down, right? You need a certain amount of resources to regulate yourself and be in control. And thank you for bringing that up because we do have a lot of younger listeners on this podcast. And I think this is information that they really need and can benefit. Not to mention, I I know it's information I need as well. When you say self-regulate, can you break that down for us a little bit so we fully understand? Self-regulate is basically for you to be in control, for you to decide what you want to do with your behaviors. So Here's an example. You, you're at a buffet and there's all this wonderful food. And if you have good self-regulation, you very carefully only choose like one dessert, right? Even though there might be 20 different amazing looking desserts, you choose one. You've got good self-regulation, right? If you have poor self-regulation, you might fill your plate and keep going back. Right. So it's your ability to be in control of your behavior. Is it considered poor self-regulation if you get all the desserts but only take one bite of each? Uh, <laughs> I'm just joking with you. Because <laughs> that's more my style. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good question. It's it's actually my style, too. I think it's there's probably some good self-regulation here. Okay, good. So you're saying there's hope for both of us. That's that's good to know. So I know you talk about four common myths surrounding our relationship with technology and how understanding this will help us understand and rediscover how we pay attention. Is this something you can break down for us as well so that we can continue to understand this? Sure. So one myth is that we're often told that if you want to be productive, you have to spend as much time as possible focusing, right? That's Spend all your time focusing. But 
it's just not humanly possible for us to have these long extended periods of time focusing in the same way that we we just can't lift weights all day without getting exhausted. So it's extremely important to pull back, to take breaks, because we we have limited resources. You can think of it as limited attentional capacity. And everything we do with our minds drains those resources. It's like we have this tank, and then it just slowly drains based on things we do. And we switch our attention and, you know, we're looking at screen to screen. That that also drains our resources. Um, there's something I, I can maybe say a little bit more about. It is called a switch cost. That means every time you switch your attention, there's a cost involved. And part of that cost is that it uses some of these very precious resources. So the myth that we should focus for, you know, extended periods of time, it doesn't work, right? We we need to take breaks, right? It's so important for us to replenish. Uh, right. And when, so when you say take breaks, what is the most effective way to do that? That's not necessarily vegging out and sitting and watching another screen, right? Do you mean take a walk around the neighborhood? Do you mean what, what is the most effective way for us to take a break? The the best break of all is to go outside and take a walk in nature. And studies show that when people take a walk in nature, they become less stressed. And, uh, you know, I've done research that shows that people generate better ideas and more ideas after a walk in nature. It's, it's called divergent thinking. Think of it as brainstorming. You can, you can brainstorm better. But, you know, I realize it's not always possible to be able to go outside and take a walk in nature. I realize that in LA, as we speak, there's pouring rain. Oh, thunderstorms. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> so so you're not going to, you know, you probably don't want to go outside and walk in nature. For other listeners who might be in the middle of a snowstorm, that might not be ideal. But there's other things you can do. You know, just getting up and stretching and moving your body is great. Um, but I also want to say that, and, and this ties into another myth, that we can do simple rote activities strategically to also replenish. What do I mean by rote activities? It's any any kind of activity that doesn't require a lot of mental effort, but it keeps you engaged with it. Something like solitaire or some of the greatest writers and scientists have done rote activities to help them replenish. The writer Gene Stafford did gardening. Einstein played the violin or, you know, what, whatever activity that works for you, that can provide solace, that can calm you, that can make you happy. That's what you should be thinking about. And we find in our research that people are actually happiest when they do this kind of road activities. But, and there's a big but here, you have to do it strategically. Like you can't just get lost and go down the rabbit hole in doing these things, but you have to really plan. And you you plan that you're only going to spend, say, 10 minutes doing this, and it, it can ref refresh you, and then you come back to your work. Hey, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's time to get more in 2024. I know for me, one of my goals is to feel really strong this year. And honestly, so far, so good. Because that's where 310 Nutrition comes in. It's helping me and our listeners in the new year with protein and super rich food products with so many options and flavors. Right now, I have the chocolate bliss and caramel sundae, and they are both so (laughs) delicious. I have to hide them from my husband so that he doesn't steal them too. They're a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that leave me feeling full. 310 Nutrition also has a hydrate electrolyte drink mix. My favorite is the peach mango flavor. So not only am I hydrating and drinking water, I have an electrolyte blend, vitamin blend, and it's sugar-free. With one stick of hydrate mix into 16 ounces of water, and it can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water. Thank you. This way I can keep my resolution, keep feeling strong, have greater focus, feel refreshed, and maintain my hydration without having to drink as much. One of my favorite refreshing water enhancers they have is the lemonade flavor. It gives me energy. This one's also sugar-free. It's used with real lemons and it's pH balanced. And this also offers the same hydration as two to three bottles of water. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code CHALLENGED and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products that you know you'll use and will help you keep your resolution. So go to 310nutrition.com and use the code CHALLENGE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310-nutrition.com and use code CHALLENGED. It's all the good stuff your body needs in flavors you crave. So be healthier effortlessly. And we're back. And does that does a road activity mean 
mental stimulation while in a relaxed state? Is it is that sort of what it is? I just want to make sure we're understanding completely. Yeah, that's a, it's a great question. It, it so it sort of is like that. It's it's where you're engaged in something, but you're not really challenged. You're not putting in a lot of mental effort. I have a, a simple game that I play. It's an anagram game, and it just relaxes me. It's it's simple. It's fun. It's not very challenging. It's almost mindless, right? But it it's engaging, and it helps me get, you know, build up my resources, puts me in a better mood. But again, the key thing is to do it strategically, right? We can't. We it would be nice to spend all day doing these kinds of things, but we can't, right? We we live in a world where we have to work, we have deadlines, so you have to be intelligent and strategic in in how you do these. Right. That's so wonderful. And before I, I have so many things I want to ask you, but before we move on, I do want to make sure, did we hit all four or I think we mentioned two, correct? Are there two more myths so that we can we can know them? There are. Yeah. So another myth is this idea of that we need to get into flow when we use our devices. And let me explain what flow means. Flow is the, it's it's an optimal experience where people are at their most creative, where time you're so immersed in something that time doesn't matter. Sounds great, right? It sounds really, really great. Before I became a psychologist, I studied art, right? I was an artist and I used to get into flow regularly. And I would paint and I would just get so immersed and before I knew it, time time would just fly by. People I talk to who play music, if if you play sports, you can get into flow. People who, you know, have some hobby that they're passionate about can get into flow. Even people who write computer code, if you're really doing complex coding, you can get into flow or if you compose music on your computer. But for most of us, for the kind of work that most of us do, certainly the kind of work that I do, that knowledge workers do, flow is is not something we should expect to get into. You know, I use what's called analytical thinking in my work. You know, I, I have to think like a scientist. Many people who work in jobs, you know, they're a financial analyst, a lawyer, students, students even, right? have to use analytical thinking. If you're studying, if you're writing reports, that's not so conducive to flow. It's not bad though. And I I want to emphasize this. Not getting into flow is, is, it's not bad because you can be fulfilled in doing other things. You can be just as fulfilled by, by doing this kind of analytical thinking Whatever it is you do, if you're writing, if you're studying for a test, whatever, you can be fulfilled in other ways other than flow. Do do you think people are guilty of putting pressure on themselves to get into this flow and they feel like they're not productive unless they are in this specific space? Yes, I, I do. And are artists more likely to be known to get into a flow? Well, it's it's the nature of the work, right? Art art is so inherently creative. Now, you also need analytical thinking when you do art as well, right? It's not 
you're not always in flow. You know, you have to plan things and techniques that you use sometimes require analytical thinking. Some art is, you know, very methodical and requires analytical thinking. But, but other kinds of art, you can be more freeform and it's easier to get into flow. The kind of art I did was, was more abstract. I didn't have so many constraints. So it, it was very easy for, for me to get into flow. It's so lovely to watch you talk about art because you come to life and I can tell how much it's inside of you. Was that a difficult decision to make to, because you said did, you used your art in a past tense. Is you stopped doing art altogether and then became a doctor? Yes, yes, I did. And, you know, the the reality of making a living as an artist uh, just, it, it, it hit me. And, um, you know, I had colleagues and friends when I was in art school who were so talented and they ended up working jobs eight hours a day to support their art. That, and these jobs were, were not very pleasant. And I just made a decision that, you know, I love art, but there's a lot of other things I can do. And I would rather spend eight hours or 12 hours <laughs> or 16 hours a day doing something that I love rather than doing something to support my art. That's so smart. I love I love the way you thought about that. And the truth is what's lovely about art is you can pick it up anytime you want. You know, you can. And anytime you feel inspired, you can go back to it. So, well, thank you for sharing with us about your art because I think that is such a fascinating concept too. And, and an idea that, you know, at what cost do you, you know, how do you choose where to spend your time? And at the end of the day, you're right. We do have to figure out how to make money and provide. And so I, I mean, this is totally just me. Take it for what it's worth. But I would love for you to pick up your art again at some point, maybe on a Sunday when you feel like you have time. Well, I, I just want to say that having studied art really benefited me in what I do now because it, it taught me how to, how to be creative, how to think what's called laterally, to take two very different ideas and combine them together and come up with something new. And I'm, I'm so grateful for you know, being able to have learned that. So, I mean, what I do now, I find extremely creative. So there are so many ways that a person can find creativity. You don't just have to do it in a, a visual art or music. Right. Okay. Love that. That's great. So I want to talk about modern entertainment and social media and how they amplify our short attention spans. It It does feel like social media is inescapable for some people. And entertainment, podcasts, books on tape, etc. are a lovely way to escape and entertain ourselves. It feels like nowadays, we hear so much talk about unplugging, right? And I'm doing these air quotes, you guys, as I talk to Dr. Mark about this. Because, you know, let's be real, unplugging isn't conducive to most people's everyday needs. Our phones are our alarms. A lot of people do their grocery shopping in on their phones and we need our laptops for work, etc. So what I love so much about you is instead of guilting us into unplugging our phones, you your research and it's available in your forthcoming book, Attention Span, Finding Focus and Fighting Distraction. Your research teaches us how to develop agency to control our attention and how we can use our devices and follow our own rhythm of attention. So 
please help us out. I, I help, help me out too. Talk us through how we can control our attention. And you talk about using our devices to follow our own rhythm of attention. I, I love this because for the first time, it feels like we have power over our devices instead of the other way around. To feel like we have our own power over it is, is a big deal. It is. It is. I, I have heard so many people who I studied talk about feeling helpless. And, you know, they say, oh, I, I can't control my attention. The notifications are controlling me. But I, I am very optimistic. And I believe that everyone has the power to be able to have control over their attention and behavior when they use their devices. You, you talked about unplugging. And, you know, sure, you can unplug for a very short period of time, but let's face it, we, we live in a world of technology that the ship has sailed, right? We, we can't take anything back and we have to learn how to live with it. We, we have to learn how to, how we can best live our lives in this world of technology without getting ourselves exhausted and by still having agency and control over what we do. And there are things that we can do. So let me, you know, I can talk a lot about this, but let me start by saying um, one of the most important things you can do is to not get yourself exhausted and to be aware of, you know, your, your mental resources, your attentional capacity, because that can help you self-regulate. Now, it turns out that we find in our study that people have, there's different times of the day when people's focus is at their peak. So fo focused attention tends to work in a rhythm. And for most people, it's mid to late morning, and then again, there's a peak in the afternoon. And this coincides with the, the rise and fall of our mental resources, right? If you're focused for a period of time, you're draining yourself and then you do something else to get back, you know, get your level of resources back. People's rhythm, it, it depends on if you're an early type or a late type. Right. It depends on your chronotype. And, you know, I'm I'm a moderate type. Some people are early types. They get up at five in the morning. Their peak attention might be at 7 a.m. Right. And others are late types. And I, I know people who sleep pretty late and their attentional peaks will will be much later. So get to understand your chronotype. Right. I think most people probably know it. There, there are tests you can uh, take online. There, you can find them easily to find out whether you're an early type or late type or moderate. And, and use that to gear your, your scheduling around that. So schedule your hardest tasks and those tasks that require the most creativity around what your peak attention is. So I, I'm not good first thing in the morning. I, I can't dive in and do hard work. It takes me time to ramp up a little bit, right? But then once I get going, you know, I can, I can go for a bit, but then I have to pull back, right, and get myself replenished. So that's one thing to do is to become aware of your personal rhythm 
of attention and follow it. Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. we're back. Can I ask you this? Because I have a six month old and I would say normally I'm not necessarily a super early riser, but he has me up at 530 every morning. So now if I have a new schedule where I'm waking up earlier, will my body adapt to that? And then I will become my peaks will become earlier, say 7am, 7.30 when maybe they were 8.30 before 9am kind of kind of idea. Well, it, it, it might for a while because you're you're forced on the schedule. <laughs> right. How mean. How dare he. <laughs> I I went through the same thing with, with my kids as well. But you know, when when your child is a little older, you might end up reverting back to what's natural for you. But you know, if you're determined to to be an early riser, <laughs> you can you can keep doing this, and perhaps you you might adapt. Good to know. Can I can talk about some other things that people can do? Sure. To- yes, we'll take them. I you know I have to tell you one thing I love about this podcast so much is being able to take the advice and put it in action in life, especially with the new year. Right now, it feels like everyone's trying to become the best version of themselves, right? And so anything we can take with us after this episode episode to implement in our lives. I think this is a huge epidemic on the world right now. The the lack of attention. And, you know, I watched over the holiday season, my nephew only watched trailers of movies. He never watched a full movie. He only watched trailers of movies. And I can see how that is the new way of entertainment, the new form of entertainment, these short stories on Instagram, TikTok, all, all of these things. And 
it scares me a little bit for our our gen, next generation. And so I am so grateful we have this episode right now because I think all this information you're giving us is wildly important. Yeah, but but you're bringing up such a great point that we've got this huge wave against us, right? We're we're fighting a tsunami, right? That's coming from social media, from uh, even from TV and film with with short shot lengths. So we're we're our short attention spans are being reinforced in a lot of different directions. So you're you're right about that. Can we talk about the why, why we get easily distracted and self-interrupt? I mean, I I know that's a term that I haven't heard as much, and that's a term you use. And can you talk to us about it and, uh, you know, why our attention shifts so much in devices? I mean, let's get specific for just a moment. I want to talk about monotask versus multitask. Is one better than the other? I feel like it's an age-old question. (laughs) So most people are by nature, they're what's called monochronic. They prefer to just work on one task after another. But, you know, we live in a polychronic world, right? So people in the workplace, they're bombarded by communications through email and Slack, and they work on multiple projects. They have people always delegating work or asking for things. And so we live in a world where it's very hard to to enact our preferences of monotasking. So we end up multitasking. Is multitasking good for us? The research says no. Decades of laboratory research show that people get stressed when they're shifting their attention, when they're shifting it from one task to another. Blood pressure rises. There's There are physiological markers in our body that show we get stressed. And, you know, in in my research, we've asked people, so, you know, how do you perceive your stress? And their perceived stress is is higher when they're switching their attention. And we've also found that when we've had people wear heart rate monitors, which measures a, a kind of stress, it's based on what's called heart rate variability. We see a correlation that the, the more they're switching attention, the, the higher is their stress. So we, we see that as well. And people make more errors when they're switching their attention. We, we know that from studies as well. So it's, it's not a great thing. It's, it's better to monotask, but we, we live in a world that keeps encouraging us to, to multitask. Right, right. I mean, everyone, the fact that it's like the superwoman who can do it all and be, be all the things all at once. And it's, I, I think it's important also to understand that if we do find ourselves in a moment where we can monotask, and take a deep breath and do it to just enjoy that and to not necessarily feel as if we need to keep find something else to do and also be doing this. And, you know, maybe I could do this while I'm on the treadmill or something. Just relax and let it be. And maybe we will be most impactful doing that. Yeah, that's beautifully said. Absolutely. Can I ask you what a healthy relationship looks like between ourselves and our devices? Can you paint that for us? Because all of this talk, it's, you know, people understand, okay, I know I have an unhealthy relationship, but let's paint the picture of what it actually looks like. Yes. So, you know, we talked about the ship has sailed. We, you know, many people 
use, they, we need to use our computers and phones for work. So it's not like we can unplug. And I will mention that if anyone unplugs, it usually penalizes that person because they get cut off from important communications. They're, they're out of the loop. So we are stuck with learning how to use our devices. So it's important to design your day strategically. So you can design your day in a way that doesn't exhaust you. So, you know, we generally think of uh, scheduling tasks back to back, and that's the worst thing you can do. One of the things I suggest is to schedule in what I call negative space. Now, negative space comes from my background of being in art. There's many great artists who are very aware of the space that surrounds the figures in their paintings. Or if you look at a sculpture, a sculpture, there, there will be space surrounding it, which sets off that sculpture that makes it dynamic, that makes it so beautiful. If you've ever, ever had the opportunity to see a Japanese garden, the rocks in the garden are placed in such a way that you also become aware of the space around them. That's part of what makes it beautiful. And so when we design our day, instead of thinking of scheduling back to back, you know, uh, craziness, right? Let's think about scheduling some negative space into our day. And this this can be time where it's, it's time where you're you're not exerting yourself mentally. It could be time for contemplation, if, if that's what works for you. It could be time pulling back, doing, doing some road activity. Ideally, it's time for walking in nature, doing exercise. But schedule time that's, that's away from work and do it during the day and do it proactively so that you're not working straight through and getting exhausted because then it's too late. You're, you're, you're gone. So be proactive in, in scheduling this. Mm, That's so nice. And so are you proponent of not having phones next to the bedside? Because I do see that's like the first thing people do in the morning, right? And the last thing they do before they sleep. What do you do with your device while you sleep? Oh, well, I actually, I, I use my phone as an alarm clock. So that's my full disclosure. Right. No, <laughs> but I, but I don't, I don't check it during the night. And I, I wait till I'm up and, you know, awake and, and then I, I check it, but it's a, it's a habit that I've learned to do to, to put it aside and, and not check it. And I certainly don't check it before I go to bed, because even even though my particular phone has a blue light filter on it, I, I still think that it it can affect your sleep. And, and it's so important. Another thing we can do, and this is really important, is to really make sure you get good sleep. Because good sleep can replenish our mental resources. You know, we can start the day fresh with a, a full tank. And when you don't have good sleep, uh, what we find is that people's attention spans the next day get shorter. It actually affects your ability to self-regulate and to focus. So good night's sleep is so important. Mm. And okay, so lastly, before I let you go, 
when we know our attention is being pulled in too many ways, what can we do to stop it? To sort of, I guess that's self-regulate, correct? Yes. Okay. So, I, I mean, is it really just as simple as, okay, stop doing what you're doing, talk, talk yourself out of it and start to, I mean, it, it feels like it's almost too simple, but is that, is that really just the way we do it? So, so let me talk about a technique that, that I use that, that I learned uh, actually during the pandemic. So during the pandemic, my university gave us a course in mindfulness. And I, I realize a lot of people are, are using mindfulness. And the idea of mindfulness is to be aware of what of the present, right? A lot of the things we do when we check social media, when we pick up our phones, these are actions that are done automatically. And the key thing is to make these actions, to bring them into our conscious awareness. And if you bring them into your conscious awareness, you can act on them. And a way that you can do it is to, you can probe yourself, that you can learn to recognize your urge. Oh, I have an urge to check my phone. And you can ask yourself, why do I need to do that right now? Is it because what I, my task is boring? Is it because that, you know, it's a habit? You can probe yourself to understand the reasons the underlying reasons why you're doing these kinds of actions. And once you recognize them, you can act on them. And so, you know, when I study people in my research, I'm an observer of people's behavior. And I'm always asking myself, why is that person behaving this way? Why did they just do this action? And I can turn it on myself. And I, I can practice it on myself. And it helps control my urges and it helps me make me more aware. Now, I I believe anyone can learn the skill of probing yourself at, to recognize these automatic actions. And if you need to put post-it notes up to ask yourself, when I go to a news site and I'm a news junkie, I'll start reading the news and then I'll ask myself, does this still have value for me? And usually after a couple of paragraphs, I realize nope, there's there's no more value. I've gotten the gist of it. And then it's time to go back to work. It is so nice to hear that we have control over this because truly, and and I'm so grateful that you have written a book that doesn't necessarily tell us all to unplug because as we talked about before, it's not conducive to life. And so for our listeners listening that feel like this is something they really need to work on, please make sure you get Dr. Gloria Mark's book. It's called Attention Span, Finding Focus and Fighting Distraction. I'm so grateful. Thank you for talking to us today, for helping us become more knowledgeable in this area. And I just really appreciate everything that you have done. And it has been so wonderful to just monotask with you and sit and have a discussion. So thank you again. The the pleasure was all mine. (laughs) This was really a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. Dr. Gloria Mark has already done all this research for us. And yet it is still... She still uses her cell phone as her alarm in the morning and keeps it by her bedside and to using technology more often than not. So even someone who is studying this all the time is still has their phone attached. And I I, I don't know, how do you guys feel about this? It's something that 
I'm not quite sure how we can fix, but I do know that if we can implement some of the things that she told us to do, then we will be okay and at least have some sort of control over our devices. It's interesting. I watched Wally over the holiday season with my with my little girl Poppy, and after studying for this episode and my conversation with Dr. Gloria Mark, I realized that this has been an issue that we've been battling for a very long time. So hopefully we are able to use our devices and reap the benefits of them but also have a healthy relationship with them. I think as long as we have this concept in the forefront of our minds, we can continue to strive to have a healthy relationship. I mean, I am constantly wondering if my relationship with my devices is healthy or not. So hopefully you guys learned as much as I did from Dr. Gloria Mark. We have another great episode coming for you this next week. And until then, take care and stay off your phones. No, I'm joking. Don't, especially if you're listening to this podcast. Directionally Challenged is a production of Pineapple Productions. Produced by Melissa D. Mons. Edited by Diane King. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. Music by Joe King. And advertising partnership with ACAST.